Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. It's good to be in Texas today. Last weekend I was in, where was I? Fort Lauderdale. It was hot. It's hot everywhere. But it feels good in here today, doesn't it?
Isn't that wild? <laughs> I thought I would uh, do something I don't always do, and I started playing that. I thought I would start playing some songs that I haven't played in a long time, and I wrote that, and it's, it's, it was hard to get up and play, and I'm thinking, I don't play that very good anymore, and I'm thinking, well, I need to get over that. I remember last time I was here, the Lord had given me a, a message on confidence, and uh, the Bible says to, to uh, do not fling away your fearless confidence. I love that. That's in the guitar player's word, the guitar player's Bible, the Amplified Edition. And, and uh, he said, don't throw away your fearless confidence. Amen. Don't throw it away. Don't fling it away. It's your confidence. God gave it to you. And I, was, I played that show. I, uh, since I was in Fort Lauderdale, I flew from there to uh, Napa, California. And I played at a big old Silverado resort. And it was me and a guy from Texas, Eric Johnson, that plays guitar. And I got up and started off with that song. And I'm thinking, wow, I hadn't played that in a while. And I'm thinking, get over it, Dykes. You wrote it. God gave it to you, so get up and play it. And I did. And I thought, well, I'll play it again. And uh, it's, it's just music. Amen. But, but it's what God gave me.
marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Sing, glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. You believe that? Sing it again. Glory, glory. Sing loud. Tennessee style. This truth is marching on. This part, his truth is marching birthday America again. Sing loud. 
with my soul. Proclaim that today. It is well, it is well with my soul. I played that uh, patriotic medley back when I was just a teenager. And uh, <clears throat> won the teen talent competition for the Church of God. And uh, I think a flute player, a flute player beat me out on the national championship, but I won state of Florida, went to the national, and uh, because he played a classical piece and he read music. <laughs> I don't know one thing, looks like a bunch of black and white cows jumping over a fence to me. <laughs> and, uh, but I played that and they got, some of those guys got upset and so they started a string category from there on out. And even today the kids, uh, they have a guitar area or a string area. And they still let me play in front of all the thousands of people at the General Assembly that they had, you know. So a guitar has been a part of my life for a long, long time, over 50 years. 
I uh... Ninth Grade Talent Show.
Some, uh, uh, somebody asked me the other night, we were in the, I was in the green room about to go out and play in this big old place in Napa. And this lady asked, she said, you're going to play out there? I said, yes. Don't you get nervous? And I said, well, yeah. But not enough to hurt my playing. Not enough, and I said, not enough to, to ruin my confidence. She said, well, that's good. I said, well, thanks, but it, it is, yeah. And, you know, I said, I bet everybody gets nervous. That's, that's just part of it. Don't confuse nerves with, uh, with your confidence. Confidence is a gift. And in some ways, so is nerves, you know. I have a daughter that, uh, she's a nurse anesthetist. I mean, she puts people to sleep like I do most people on Sunday morning, but I'll try to <laughs> hurry along. And uh, so I was asking her one day, I said, don't you ever get nervous operating on people like that? I mean, you go from one a, a crazy kind of operation to the next. I mean, she might no telling what she's going to go into. Somebody might be ha having a baby. Somebody may be having a heart attack problem or heart surgery, uh, surgery and, or whatever it might be. And she says, Dad, I get nervous every day. But uh, she says, um, and that's what she told me, too. She said, but not enough to, to affect my work. But she says, I think nerves are good. If we didn't get nervous, I think that means we wouldn't care anymore. You know. The Bible says, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. In quietness and confidence. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. I always try to find a place to to get alone before I go out and play and just get still before the Lord, you know, in quietness and in confidence. And quietness is, is uh, passive, you know, uh, be still and know that he's God. In quietness, this, uh, and, and in, but in, in confidence shall be your strength. Confidence is active. Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. You know, I was reading this morning where uh, uh, the Lord anointed David through Samuel. Samuel anointed David to be king. God told him to go to, uh, to Bethlehem. And he told him to go to, to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, and he said, take your sons out, and one of your sons is going to be king. He's going to be anointed to be king. So he took his eldest son out, probably a great big guy, you know, muscular. And, uh, and he said, this is not him. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his appearance or at the height of his stature, for I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Who said that? God did. He said that to him. And so when they uh, anointed, finally, and they took the last one, well, there is one more, and he's out playing his harp somewhere <clears throat> for the sheep. And so they took him in, and uh, Jesse sent and brought him in, and David had a healthy reddish complexion, beautiful eyes, was fine looking. And the Lord said to Samuel, Arise and anoint him, for this is he. 
And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily. That means with great strength and power. The, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at and you read on in that 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, and it goes on to say how Saul had these really bad nerve problems, an evil spirit came upon him. Saul told his servants, he said, find me a man who plays well and bring him to me. Now, he must have had somebody in there playing for him who was doing a bad job, you know, because he still had these terrible headache problems and, and this big, just terrible spirit on him was so depressed and just gnawing at him. In other words, get this guy out of here and bring me somebody who can play. And then the Bible says here, one, one of the young men said, well, I've seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who plays skillfully. A valiant man, a man of war, prudent in speech, an eloquent, attractive person, and the Lord is with him. So he, and so Saul said, well, bring him to me. And when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, David took a lyre, or a stringed instrument, and he played it. And Saul was refreshed and became well, and the spirit, the evil spirit, left him. David had an anointing on him because of that because of that day he was anointed from that day forward he was anointed mightily of the holy ghost in acts 1 chapter uh, chapter 1 verse 8 the last thing jesus said before he ascended to heaven but you shall receive power now this is the again the guitar picker's bible the the amplified but you shall receive power and then it says ability say ability Efficiency and might. Say those three words with me again. Ability, efficiency, and might. Ability means skill, talent, and expertise. You shall receive power, skill, talent, and expertise. For what reason? He said, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and Napa Valley and Fort Lauderdale and McKinney. Now, that's for me. I don't know where you're going, but that's where I've been. And everywhere I go, the Holy Ghost is with me. See, because the word itself, confidence, it means with, con, with, like chili con carne, chili with meat, right, with Confidence, con with fideo, faith. Say it, with faith. Say that, with faith. It's not an alone faith. I'm never alone. I told Eric Johnson that. I said, no matter where I go in the world, I never feel alone because he's with me. Amen. It's a with faith. It's not my faith alone. It's faith because I have an intercessor. I have Jesus that says, come on, Father, help him out here today. This guitar doesn't just, it's not just a guitar anymore. It becomes the five loaves and the two fishes. And when I offer this up to him to bless it, there's no telling what God will do with it. You know why? Because of the Holy Ghost. When I was 11 years old, I received Christ in my heart. I raised my hands, and I've said this here before. I don't care. I'm 64 now. I don't care. I don't know what I said last week, really, but I'm sure I've said this here before. When I was 11, I raised my hands to the Lord, and I said, God, give me a job to do. 
and I'll always tell people about you. And I raised my hands to him, not knowing, brother, that that time when I raised my hands, I'd be using these hands for years, you know, all over the world. And still, and I, I'm still doing that. Because he, he also, the next day, we, we had a, it was a summer revival in 1965. Sister Irene Baxter was the evangelist. Her husband was an evangelist, and he died. So she thought, well, I'm just going to fill out his date book, you know, and go ahead and do these revivals. Well, she got more popular than he ever did. She came to our church, and 52 young people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was one of those. My brother was one of those. But I got saved, and I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I say it the old-fashioned way? I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he gave me a desire, an anointed desire. You see, because he changed my heart. See, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he'll change your heart. God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks on the, on the heart. Amen? I'm going to back up a little bit. I don't even know where I was here. But, uh, but you, shall, well, you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might, skill, talent, expertise. Efficient means, efficiency means to do the most with what you have. And then might means great and impressive power and strength. In other words, you have more power than you actually need. Amen. We are more than conquerors. Amen. You remember the, the, the fighter that, that duked it out for 15 rounds and he won the, the prize $50,000 and he was all beat up and bloodied up and he went home and he took a cab and he went to his little apartment and he knocks on the door and his little old wife about that high, she answers the door, hey honey, give me the check. He was conqueror. She was more than a conqueror. Amen. And so that's what it means. You, you have more power than you need. She had power over him. Amen. You shall receive power, ability, skill, talent, expertise to be. Why? Just so you can be a guitar player, maybe? No. Just so you can be a popular business person? No. Just because you can win teacher of the year? No. You shall receive skill talent and expertise, read the rest, to be my witnesses throughout the whole world. That's the reason for it. And he'll change your heart. And if you don't believe that, in, in, uh, are y'all getting anything out of this? I sure hope you are. In Psalms 37, it says, trust, lean on, rely on, and be confident in the Lord, and do good, so shall you dwell in the land, and feed surely on his faithfulness, and truly you shall be fed. He'll take care of you. Trust in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. It actually means to make yourself soft and pliable, so he can work with you. He's, not, he's, he, he's still the potter. We're still the clay. Don't ever get hard. Don't ever get the feeling he's finished with you because he can't work with that. Delight means to make yourself soft and pliable. Delight yourself also in the Lord. And listen to this very, very carefully. And he will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. If you will commit those things to him, then he will bring them to pass. God will give you the desires of your heart. You mean he'll give me a new car? He'll give me a new job? He'll give me a new spouse? Uh, well, maybe that's all okay. I don't know. I'm not saying it's wrong, but that's not what this means. He will give you desires in your heart that you never thought you ever had. 
He will delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the very desire and place a new desire in your heart that is not even you, not even naturally in your thing, thinking, right? He will give you the desires and the secret petitions of your heart. And when you commit those to him, they'll happen. He's not going to give you some kooky idea that you'll never see. I mean, if you look in the world and if you look in, in trade magazines all the time or if you look in, on television all the time, you can see that I want to be like that person. I want to be like that movie star. I want to be like this. If you do that, you, you probably will never see that. But if you'll delight yourself in the Lord, be what he wants you to be. Let him make you what he wants you to be. And he will place desires on the inside of you and let me tell you, and he'll bring them to pass. And when he does, there's no amount of, of fame or fortune or anything in the world that's more important to you than knowing you're in the will of God. You know, and where does he put those? He said he gives you the desires of your what? Heart. That's what he looks at. That's what he's interested in. Do y'all remember a song, and I don't know if I have time to, to play it, but years ago I wrote a song. And uh, i got to finish here. And My wife's always saying, watch your time. You, you can you tend to go over sometime. Well, she can say that. We've been married 45 years. She knows. 45 years in August. I came in from a trip. Y'all heard this story, some of you. Some of you maybe didn't. I, I wrote a, a book years ago. I never thought I'd ever write a book. You have to go buy your own crayons, but I have a book out. But uh, anyway, it's actually printed, uh, published by Moody Publishing of Chicago. And they wanted my, some of my stories, you know, because they're quite unusual. I have a lot of stories. And, uh, and one of them is about Eric Johnson. We talked about it the other night in front of some billionaire people. The main guy that owns that big resort where I played, he lives in Plano, right here. He's a billionaire. And I had an opportunity to just to get the word in. And, uh, but anyway, I came in from a trip. This is what spawned that book, this story. And my wife, Rita, met me at the door. She said, good to have you home. And we had two daughters, Heidi and Holly. She went to bed. She said, y'all have fun. And she gave me a kiss and a hug. And I said, y'all want to play? So we did about 2.30 in the morning. Tell us the story, Dad. It's too late. It's so late. Your mom's going to kill me. She knows we've been up this late. And you got to go to sleep. So I said, uh, no time for a story. We'll say our prayers. So I just said a little poem prayer, you know. Holly, the youngest, was asleep before amen. Heidi was wide awake. Heidi was four. And I, and I said, Heidi, please go to sleep. Daddy, she still wanted to talk. I said, uh, what is it, Heidi? Do you think God would bring me something? Can we ask him for what? I knelt by her a little bit. I'd like to have a rose. Do you think he'd bring me one? Anything to get her to go to sleep. And so she, she asked God, we asked God for a rose, and the next night I told him a story. You know, I'm trying to make this really fast, but I told him a story, and we were going to say our prayers together, and we held hands, and Heidi's hand started shaking. What's wrong, Heidi? Her little tears flowing down her cheeks, puffed out lips. How come he didn't bring my rose? 
You think he forgot? What do you say to your little girl? We didn't mention the color of that rose. I thought it was pretty clever. <laughs> did he need to know that? I said, maybe he did. She says, well, I was thinking of a white one. So we asked God for a white rose for Heidi. And I couldn't hardly sleep thinking about it because you couldn't, you couldn't just go down to the Publix or Safeway and get one of those. You had to go to a florist. You had to order them, usually. They didn't have them on hand most of the time. So I had to go out of town. I went to this little place called Deland, Florida. I went down there and I played and played my heart out. And uh, I'd never been there before, but the pastor said, "Why don't you join us for uh, join us for uh, refreshments over at the uh, at the parsonage?" And that's the parsonage. I'm I'm going to write a song there. Be no wires in heaven. <laughs> and so. Uh, I said, well, I'll put my guitars away, and I'll join you for refreshments. Everyone had left this small church, very small, about, you know, without these side sections over here, just this little part right here with a center aisle. That was all it was. I'd never been there before. And I said, I'll get my guitars. He said, okay, I'll meet you in a few minutes. No one had been in the building for 20 minutes or so. A little lady burst through the back door. Are you Doyle Dykes? I said, yes. She said, God told me to bring you something. I had these big, thick glasses. She walked up and said, I was in my garden. God said, get this Brother Dykes. Are you Brother Dykes? I said, yes, ma'am. And uh, she said it about three times. Well, I was in my garden, and God told me to bring this to you. I said, well, okay. And I could tell she was autistic. And she handed me this little slender foil package. And I said, well, I'll enjoy eating this from your garden. She said, well, I wouldn't eat that if I were you. You better look at it. And so she stood there waiting on me. I peeled the foil back, and there was one white rose. I didn't tell that story for a long time. I remember getting the rose home to Heidi the next day. I drove up in the driveway. Good to have you home, Daddy. She hugged my neck. I said, there's a present for you. Reached on the dashboard, had that same little, little package. And uh, she said, for me? It's my rose, isn't it? She says, and it's white. I knew he'd bring it to me. Heather, uh, my brother played this on the piano at Heidi's wedding. This is white rose for Heidi. have time to finish the song but I told this story at a meeting I was at a youth pastor and I preached one night somebody said oh you need to share that everywhere you go for years 
shared it all over the world. White Rose for Heidi wrote that song. When I designed a guitar for Taylor Guitars, they put a big white rose up here. I have a custom guitar I think I had last time. A man built for me, so the Lord told me to build this guitar for you. It's valued about $25,000. He said it has to have a white rose on the headstock. This is a new one that I helped design. It has two little white roses here. When I was with Fender, I helped design three guitars for their Guild line. All of them had a white rose designed by Yuri Shishkov, the number one guy from Eastern Europe who designs those $150,000, $200,000 strats and tellies that they sell at the NAMM show, one-off things. They all have white roses on them for that story. And so that's been a big part of our life for a long time. White rose for Heidi. So last year, around Easter, I was supposed to have been down in Florida. And uh, it was a businessman. His brother-in-law was a preacher. He said, I want them to be in a church service with you. I said, well, I think they booked me at their church. But I'm playing a party for his uh, clients. You know, they're all a bunch of wealthy people. He's a financial investor, advisor. And so about a week before, he canceled. He says, Doyle, I'm so sorry, but we're still going to pay you whether you come or not. I said, well, you don't have to do that. I said, and he said, no, we want to do it. I said, well, you still want me at your church? He said, yeah, as far as I know, you're set. There's a number. Just call the lady, and she was a pastor or a, a worship leader. And I called, and she said, yeah, we heard you might come. She said, just what is it that you do? I said, well, I play the guitar. Is, is, like, is that all? I mean, is there anything else that you do? I said, well, um, I, I've been doing this a long time. You could look on my site. I've been to a lot of places. I have people that endorse me and things like that. And a bunch of pastors around. Well, well are you a worship leader? I said, no, you're not a contemporary worship leader. And she looked on my site real quick. She said, well, I see here you work with Paul Belange and Chris Tomlin and Lincoln Brewster. I said, yeah, I work with all those people. Well, how can you say that if you're not a worship leader yourself? I'm thinking, what is this, you know? And, and, uh, and I said, well, I think I was on those programs with those guys, and I've been on a lot of them. They're conferences because I don't do what they do. I think that's why they had me, maybe. I don't know. She says, well, it's Palm Sunday. I'll talk with the pastor, but we don't think that's going to work. I said, that's okay. And the sure, sure enough, she's, well, it's just too much. on. Well, thanks for calling. I thought, that's not God. That didn't feel right. So I just took my cup of coffee, and I took my little calendar, and I took my phone. I walked out in the back. I said, Lord, you must have a better idea. I said, I could have got on the Muller Groves. I didn't even have to go. I was getting paid. I didn't have to go anywhere. And... Uh, <clears throat> But I promised this guy I'd get his brother-in-law in church. And I had been down to Florida. I'm going to try to make this real quick. And they had told me in the, in the church of God that I grew up, and said, if you ever need anything down in Florida, you let us know. And I usually don't call, but I did. I said, do y'all still have a church in the land? It's not that far out of Daytona. And they said, well, yeah, you want to go there? I said, you've been thinking about that. Well, I'll call the pastor. Well, about 10 minutes later, he called me. We'd love to have you. I said, well, he said, you were with us when I pastored in West Virginia. I said, oh, I tried to remember, but I couldn't. But uh, anyway, he said, we'd love to have you. I said, you know, it's Palm Sunday. Well, it doesn't matter to us. You had the whole service. Okay. And I went and I set up this amplifier, and there was a great big choir. It was a great big church. 
I thought, man, I don't remember this place. And so I thought, well, I need to say something. And I, I waved to the choir, and I said something that just waved to the, to the worship leader, and they were busy. So I just set up my amp, and I was going to go say something to the, to the uh, sound guy. And this little lady just kind of bumped into us. She had these big, thick glasses on. And I, and I looked at her, and I looked at him, and I said, what's her name? He said, Susie. I said, how long has Susie been coming here all her life? I said, well, not here. This is, he said, well, it used to be a small church on the other side of town. I said, I knew it. I was, I was here before. He says, Doyle, there's a handful of us that know you and know your music. We're guitar players. I said, is that the White Rose Lady? He said, it is. I'm telling you from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I felt something all over me, son, you're in the right place today. I orchestrated this. I'd have never seen her again. I thought maybe she was an angel. When she gave me that, I told her, this is not mine. She said, that's nice. And I said, this belongs to my little girl. Okay. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and she says, and she just walked out. I'm thinking, is she an angel? That was it. And here we are from 1980 to last year, 37 years later. And I'm at this church, and, I, and she went off somewhere, and I couldn't find her. And I told the pastor, there's a lady here, her name is Susie. Oh, yeah, we know. And, and I told her, he said, that's the white rose lady? He said, you've told that story all over the world. I said, I have. He said, that happened here? I said, it did. He said, you got to share that with everybody. And I shared it and had her stand up. If she had ever been deemed insignificant, she has not been since. Not in that church. And let me tell you, the Lord, and she's famous all over the Internet now, let me tell you. But I, I went up to, I couldn't hardly find her after church. She Finally, somebody brought her up. She said, she looked at me. I said, Susie, you don't know what a blessing that, that has, this story has been to us. That's nice. And I said, I even wrote a book about it. She said, I can't read. My sister read it to me. She was just like I remembered her. I said, well, I have an audio version I'll let you have. Okay. She said, I want picture you and that guitar with the white rose on it. And I had that big $25,000 custom thing with a beautiful white rose on it. And she, I said, well, we can, we can do that right now. So, Brooke, if you can bring that first photo up there. She is Susie. Can you believe that? Sue Cruz, the white rose lady. Sometimes when you get put down, who are you anyway? What do you do? What do you do to get the mully grubs and just, you know, like walk off with a dog with his tail between his legs and walk off? Oh, woe is me. I don't know. I'm too old. Nobody wants me anymore. I could have thought of a lot of things or I could have said like I did, God, you must have a better plan. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Look at the next one. And there's that white rose guitar. Isn't that beautiful? There's a big choir in the background, you know. Praise the Lord. And so when I got in the car, I texted the picture to my kids. I said, you're not going to believe who I met the day. Heidi was in New York. She called me just squalling. Dad, I'd give anything if I was there. I said, we're going to make something happen soon. My youngest daughter, Haley, as you know, she said, Dad, I wasn't even born in 1980. But I've heard that story. We just thought maybe she was an angel. She really exists as she does. She said, I couldn't even breathe for a minute. I lost my breath. I'm going, I don't believe this. I mean, this has been such a big part of our family. I've told this story, and I told her, I've told this in Hiroshima, Japan. I've told it all over South Africa, all over Japan, all over China uh, uh, just a few months ago. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I'm telling you, God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? 
And so uh, I told Heidi, we're going to make arrangements. Go to the next one, if you will, Brooke. Here's Heidi on the left now. She's all grown up, has two kids of her own and a husband down in Jacksonville, Florida, where I was raised. That's my mama. She's 90 now. Can you believe that? Go to the next photo, and here she is meeting Sue the day after Mother's Day. And go to the next one. She gave her a white rose. And by the way, they do sell them at Safeway now. This was actually Publix. And we went and gotten one. They're a lot easier. That's her son and her daughter on the right corner. They're photobombing everybody. So anyway, <laughs> she said, don't take that camera off of us. And he reminded his mother. Anyway, um, I think I had him here at your church a couple of years ago, Drew. Anyway, and go to the next one. Uh, isn't that beautiful? Look at those smiles. Go to the next one, if you will. This is Pierre Matisse, the grandson. He's 90. The grandson of Henri Matisse, the famous artist from Paris, heard about it, painted a white rose in that honor, and gave each one of them one. How about that? No telling what those things are worth. How about that? Go to the next one. <laughs> Heidi got a new house. In fact, she told me, she said, Dad, we sold our house, and the guy backed out on it. Now we've already got a down payment on the new one. What am I going to do? I'm going to have two house payments. We can't afford that. I said, what are you talking to me about? Call Sue. God gave you back the white rose lady. You're right, I'll call her. She called her, and she didn't even call me for a week. She said, Dad, Sue said, when's your birthday? She says, August 30th. She says, you're going to get that house on your birthday. And she says, so help me, Dad. We close on my birthday. And they did. So now Heidi has Sue at her house all the time, and she visits where they're on the weekends. Sue still is in that little one-bedroom efficiency down in Florida in Deland. It's about, she's about an hour and a half from Heidi. That's my mother. Go to the next one. We recently had her at, at a, a, her birthday. I went down. She was 74. Go to the next one. And there we are at Heidi's new home, and go to the next one. And uh, isn't that beautiful? Isn't it amazing what God can do? Don't throw away your confidence that'll bring a great reward. And I promise I'll finish on this story. I felt led to call a friend of mine that weekend so I could go to her birthday. I said, Would you have me at your church? Wiley Tomlinson, good friends with Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. They have a big radio station. We'd love to have you, Doyle. Come back. I got up and told that story, and then I introduced Heidi, and then I introduced the White Rose Lady, and they went bonkers. The pastor already knew what was going on, so he had white roses for all the ladies, gave my mother a big bouquet. She was sitting on the front row. My brother walked in, and he's a worship leader of church, but he walked in a little bit late and saw this happen, and we were all standing there. It was me, Heidi. Me, the white, uh, Sue Cruz, and Heidi, and the pastor. And the pastor looked at me and said, Doyle, can you close in prayer? And I said, and I, we both look at each other, well, why don't we let Heidi? He said, let's uh, let Heidi pray. And she started to pray, and Heidi, you've seen a photo of her. I mean, she's brilliant. She's never at a loss for words. She started to pray, and she says, and Lord, I thank you that you are God of a second chance. Heidi went through some things when she was just a teenager. But God just touched her life and just raised her up. She said, thank you, Lord. And, and then she just, and, and she started, she tried to talk and she couldn't. She didn't cry. She tried to talk again. And it was like one of those kind of a little bit uncomfortable things, you know, where you're going, okay, it's been about 45 seconds now and you're not saying a thing. 
I didn't look. I just said, okay. And then, and, uh, and then she just started praying in tongues. Heidi never received this, the Holy Spirit before. She'd never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. She didn't get on an altar and pray and agonize and hold the horns of the altar, all these kind of things, and she wasn't trying to pray through. It was just a split, just a boom, gift. God looked on the heart, and he filled her with his spirit. He filled her with his touch. She, she came up and looked at me, and the pastor said, well, there's a move of God here. And his wife interpreted everything Heidi said. They said, okay, we need a prayer line, and Heidi's going to pray for everybody here. Doyle, get up and play the guitar. <laughs> okay. And I said, I'll be glad to. And I got up and started playing the guitar, and I'm watching my little girl, Heidi, and the white rose lady just standing there grinning. And she began to pray, and he said, Doyle, she nailed everybody that came up for prayer. Had no idea what they nailed. I know these people. She said she had the gift of prophecy. She walked up to me later, Heidi, and she said, Dad, I never felt like anything like this in my whole life. I said, Heidi, and both of us crying, he's bigger than anything you've ever known before. He's a great big God. Don't lose your confidence. He has something better for you, and he's going to put it and fill your hearts with his spirit. In Jesus' name, I prophesy. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.